Hello and welcome to Stories from House Arrest. My name is Jordan Merrick and as always it's awesome to be here today, especially here on a week where I've recorded two new podcast episodes that'll be coming out in the coming weeks. Uh, And uh, fitting with what I said a few weeks ago, it's going to have people from different cities from around Australia. So we've got someone from Newcastle, the sunny coast, and now we've got this week's guest who is from Sydney, although she's just moved to Brisbane, which was fantastic because it meant we could do a face-to-face interview, which I love. And I think it's amazing when you can sit in the room with someone and just you sort of forget that you're doing a podcast and just have a proper down-to-earth chat. It's just, there's nothing quite like it, Um, especially when it's with someone like Lisa DeAngelis, who is just such an honest, open person, so great to speak to. And as you can tell, we, we have a lot of fun in this chat. We talk from everything from coming from Sydney to Brisbane in a pandemic, uh, going on tour with Steve Kilby of The Church, and we talk all things Tarantino, Murakami. We've honestly gone on a lot of weird uh, pop culture tangents, so if you like that sort of stuff, you're going to enjoy this episode. But ultimately, uh, we, we you know we go through Lisa and her music and, um, and where she's at and what she's sort of got planned, and it's really exciting because she's so talented and one of the most talented people you'll hear in the sense of telling this, you know, the, the pre-song story. And for me, I can't do it. It's just not natural to me. For her, she just does it so well and she just draws you in with, with her stories. So great artist to watch and this is no exception to listen to. Um, I also just wanted to take a really quick moment. Obviously, today in Australia is Australia Day, um, which you know, for everybody is is different, you know, it might mean something different to you than it does others. For me, it's not a day I celebrate. I I don't see it as a day worth celebrating. Um, It marks a a really dark day um, in our society's history and, um, you know, I definitely stand in solidarity with with Indigenous Australians and um, I think it's important uh, to do so, and I think it's important to make that known. So um, I just wanted to quickly acknowledge that too uh, before we get into this week's podcast. But look, this week's podcast is one I've been so excited to share. We've recorded it in uh, in December, um, so it's great to be finally bringing it to you guys today. So let's get straight into it. I welcome Lisa DeAngelis. Oh, that's nice. Yes. How are you? I'm very well. Thank um, you. What other questions should I ask? <laughs> I mean, that's the important one. Should yeah. Yeah. No, no, I'm actually, I'm so glad that you can come on because we've obviously been talking about it for a while. So Aww. it's very cool. And I'm, yeah, in the process of, you know, restarting the, the second, I don't know if it's season two. Do podcasts work in seasons? I don't even know. I think, yeah. Okay. Well, based on me knowing lots of things about podcasts, mm. the answer is yes. Yes. They do. Is this... This is season two. This is, is this the beginning of season two? Uh, it's an episode in. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right, I'll take that. <laughs> well, well I, so I got to 20 episodes in, and yeah. I recently recorded two, which I, I was going to put out, Yeah. but it fell right on the time I was doing the album, and okay. I literally... Which is beautiful, by the way. Oh, thank you. It's just, yeah, great album. I'm glad you like yeah. it. Yeah. And then I literally, yeah, I felt like it was like a whirlwind until like this week so i was like oh podcast time yeah and then you're like yeah you can't guess let's I know, do it how it's well back did that work? yeah it worked so well i know especially because we've been talking about it for a while and we've obviously like you and i have been long distance i feel like 
I keep going to tell people that like recently when I'm talking about someone that I know that I'm like, we've been friends for a really long time, but then it sort of feels like it hasn't been because COVID's taken like 18 yeah. months of everybody's lives. Yeah. But also, I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, how long was it on the table that we'd like do shows together or yeah. do, you know, and then it just, yeah. nothing ever was And then you're like, about. I'm moving to Brisbane and I then, know. oh, lockdown. I know, again, yeah. <laughs> and then you went back, right? You went back to uh, New South Wales? Yeah, so I, I came up here. We basically did. Oh, oh, that's <laughs> bad. I should turn that. I should turn my notifications off. This is what happens when you're in a long distance relationship. Yeah. Because I'm not normally in a long distance relationship, but I am for the next. I am for this week. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I started moving up here. We we kind of came. Obviously, my partner's up here. Yeah. Um, which you know, but anyone listening yeah. might not know. Yeah. Um, I moved up here to be with my boyfriend, and so. We had this like brutal thing that just kept happening where like the borders weren't open and I'm from Greater Sydney so I was just locked out of Brisbane for like out of Queensland for like a year. So we had to keep meeting in like border areas mm. so that you know. Um, but I came up here and I think I was here for a few days over New Year's or January. And then, like, yeah, moved in June. So I've sort of been mm. coming and going. And then I keep... I kept... Actually, no, you're right. I moved up here and then I left. Yeah, you did, right? Oh, yeah, you're I right. Like I remember okay, no. when you moved here. I was like, I'm sure you went back for a while. Oh, my God. Okay, you know better than I do. Look, I just remember things. Cut all that out. <laughs> I, I, could, yeah. I couldn't remember the name of Case File earlier, even though I've watched, like, a thousand episodes. You know, I somehow remember that you moved to you Brisbane, moved to like, Brisbane. that one time. Well, it happened to me and I didn't remember it. Also... <sighs> If anyone's listening to this and knows whether or not the guy from Case Files' real name is Casey, definitively, we're having a discussion about whether his name is possibly actually Case File, and that's no, his name is Casey, and that's why he started Case File, or is like Casey a pseudonym because of Case File? That was what I think. Jordan thinks no. Yeah, but it's his actual name. I just think it's just a pure coincidence, to be honest, and I'm going to admit this. I never made the connection, like Casey and until Case File, until it, you said like, that. Oh and then I'm like, oh my God, have I been lied to? No, I trust the internet sleuths. I feel like they probably found his birth certificate or something totally. crazy. You know, like yeah. internet true crime hunters. I know. long to be one of those people and yeah. I just don't have the time. Yeah. And by, yeah, I mean, by the time I mean like, I'd like to sleep till 10 or 11 a.m. every day and that's time that I could be spending internet sleuthing, but it's I more know. important to sleep. It is, it is, yeah. And you need a detective hat. I mean, you've got, as we said, you've got a very awesome hat. That's yes. like a that's like a cool singer's hat. This, oh, do you know what the supreme irony of this hat is, though? Um, I So I bought it. I was on the lookout for it for ages. I found it. It's my favorite hat of all time. I scrapped all my other hats except one because I was like, this is the only hat I need. <laughs> um, I absolutely cannot sing in it because the brim is so wide. No. That, like, I put my head back in the hat comes off. Oh. And I've tried twice, like at two different gigs, and also a covers gig, which is like my day job. So I've tried three times, and I just end up having to like take it off and have hat hair. And because it's my favorite hat, I'm not prepared to like throw it into the crowd in like a cool way or anything. Yeah. So. I just yeah. had this hilarious image. Imagine if you had the, the little string. That's like, like <laughs> the dad string. I tied it to your chin. <laughs> so it didn't come off. That would be, that oh. would be 
a unique look. That would be. Hey, I'll you can pull it the, off. I'll contact the company and see. Do you have any string that I can just attach and tie to my chin? <laughs> well, I think I. Oh, I was gonna say I know that like they're one of the companies that does um. You know, there's those like hat hooks to connect it to your bag, but that's probably like some kind of pinching mechanism, which yeah. is not like. Do you remember ages ago you and I talked about this? I think maybe like via text, and I was like. What we need, because as people who are both hat aficionados, and we were complaining about how, like, it's windy, and we're both wearing hats, mm-hmm. and, like, yeah. if... And we're like, we need hat pins. Someone bring back hat pins. Yeah, I, it needs to happen. I don't know how they work. I don't know what you attach them to. It seems... It's like the earrings. Dangerous. The earrings. Just attach it to your ears. Perfect. <laughs> Done. Just... <laughs> You get a hole pierced in the top and yeah. you just put the hat <laughs> You link hat. it in, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. Suddenly it makes so much more sense. <laughs> yeah. I've always wondered why people got that part of their ear pierced. <laughs> it's always, If you look at the, the history of that piercing, it's always to connect the hat. Women in the 1700s. Always. <laughs> the I always wonder why women always wore hats in the 1700s. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, yeah. I don't know. A genetic thing that we've maybe evolved out of. Maybe yeah. we were born with those holes in our ears. And yeah. then... It was just a convenient way to wear hats. Yeah. Now oh. I don't have them. Do you know what? One time, this is super weird. This is... I, okay, I'm going to... Is this something that I should tell in, like, an interview setting? Because I feel like I don't know enough information about it. It's going to get really garbled and weird. I think, I, yes. You... I, I think um, garbled and weird is what podcasts are all about. That's so. valid. I feel like <laughs> this is how I... I feel like I tell stories this way all the time. It's, like, based on, like things that I remember from like many many years ago or something that I've never actually researched and mm. I have half remembered it and no <laughs> facts to but I feel like I remember when I was a child that my dad had some kind of like I don't want to say a growth and it wasn't even like a cyst or something but he had like some kind of like pocket that opened in his neck Somewhere, okay. like not visibly, he wasn't like yeah. going around in like a flapping neck pocket. Sorry if you're listening to this. Guy, <laughs> That's like a pocket. <laughs> Put the twenty like in. Coins in there. But oh. I remember that when he went to the doctor, the doctor was like, and this is why now that I've started saying this story, I'm like, okay, well this can't be the medical like answer to this. They're like, oh yes, some people have this. It's from when we like, it's something that humans sometimes have from when we stopped being fish like we stopped having gills but like obviously humans didn't actually evolve <laughs> from fish so I don't <laughs> maybe it's I don't know did at some point humans live underwater did we have gills is there you know what I reckon it links to the conspiracy theory about this the secret reptile civilization. Oh my god. They... Oh god, now we're putting this on the internet and everyone's gonna be like, that Lisa DeAngelis, she's a reptilian. Yeah, I- I'm surprised that the uh, recording hasn't just self combusted. <laughs> you know, because the reptiles, they might hear, they've got supersonic hearing supersonic as well. Supersonic hearing. Right? Gills and supersonic hearing. Yeah, but they live in the sewers, don't they? I don't, I don't get know. It. I, don't I even actually know. never searched that far yeah, into it. I don't yeah, know. I have no idea. Yeah. Maybe Fish. I'm just thinking of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you know. <laughs> they live in the sewer. Well, yeah. <laughs> but where was that idea? Where did that come from? Someone had perhaps seen the reptilian creatures living in the sewers. Mm. You know? Or they took some LSD and Something they saw like a whole that. lot of shit. A whole mm-hmm. lot of oh. shit. 
Uh, it would take life. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> reptiles. Oh. Are turtles reptiles? Turtles. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. No. I don't know. I don't know. I yeah, know. I don't know either. Yeah, look, right. I mean, we'll find out. We're not afterwards. marine biologists. We're musicians. That's so. <laughs> Lisa oh. DeAngelis, Jordan Merrick asking the tough <laughs> the tough questions. Are turtles <laughs> reptiles? On today's podcast, <laughs> we have no answers. Just a question. Neither of us are going to Google it. And were the teenage mutant ninja turtles real people? <laughs> find out next week. <laughs> yeah, the, season two is a real shuffle of. Uh, of what season one was all about. This is all about, yeah, the hard-hitting questions. The hard-hitting questions. Asking the questions people want to know the answers to. About internet conspiracies and 90s cartoons. Exactly. It well, works for me. Yeah. Well, look, maybe we should talk about some music. Put, put um, me back on track. So have you been doing any, any new music lately? I don't know. So, <laughs> yes, I am. Thank you for asking. Oh, so, it's like it's been stuck in my head today or anything. No. Oh, that's so, I'm so pleased to hear that. Thanks. Well, Tumbling Back. Yes. Tell so, us about it. Uh, so, Tumbling Back is uh, just... It was actually just released. I think it's been in the world for 11 days at this point. The video came out today, which I'm super excited about. Um, and it's awesome. It is pretty awesome, if I do say. I watched it the first time through my fingers because it's my first video clip, and I was like, oh, my God, what? Am I going to hate this? Am I going to see myself in it and be like, oh, God, what have we done? But, um, and then by the end of it, I was like, okay, yeah. And I've been watching it every day since just for pleasure. But, uh, <laughs> so Tumbling Back is a song that I've been sitting on the chorus of, I think for probably about four years, maybe five from before I could even play guitar. Mm. Um, and then nothing really fit it. I felt like the chorus was really compelling, but I wasn't getting the rest mm. of it. So, um, and then I revisited it. Just before I went on an Outback tour with Steve Kilby from the church, actually, last How cool. year. That is the coolest thing. It's very cool. It was actually very cool. And he is so nice. He just seems like the coolest dude. Oh, he's so nice. Yeah, really cool guy. Really, like, um, generous and articulate and incredibly funny, which was really <laughs> cool. Um, I spent the first few days just deeply afraid of him, like, <laughs> just so scared, like, that I was too scared to talk to him or, you know, but, um, because it's like it's Steve Kidd. Yeah, I know, right? Know? Yeah. Um, but no, he was lovely. It was a really, like, transformative trip, I think, you know, we're out in the, the outback and, um, around, uh, yeah, Broken Hill and we went all the way to the South Australian border because we're all from New South Wales, so we mm. weren't allowed to go anywhere yeah <laughs> we weren't allowed to change states but um so i opened for him at a, a bunch of shows along the way and i'd taken a few trips through the australian outback in the years previous mm. um and also spent a lot of time in the deserts of like the southwest of the u.s which is like my spiritual home mm. um and so yeah once we were sort of looking at, at doing that tour and it was all in the lead up i started being like okay this was this is where this song takes place. And so yeah. it's, yeah, it became like a desert track. Mm. It's about finding your own, it's like a self-reckoning, I guess, coming to terms with your own power and like owning it and mm. telling everything else to just get lost, yeah. basically. Yeah. yeah. That's such a cool song. And I, I just, I love the film clip too. It was so clever. And I, it was so cinematic. Yeah. And I like, it, you know, sometimes you watch a film clip and you're like, oh, cool. But I was like, man, I just want to know what's going on, what's going on. And then you see the dude in the distance, like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, it was oh, like, so it was, it was filmed in Toowoomba, was it? was it? all filmed in Toowoomba. Yeah. Um, we, I was put on to those guys from Rare Squid by my team at Footstomp Music because I was sort of saying I don't, I don't really, I don't know anyone really mm. up here and I yeah. have never made a video clip by Tumbling mm. Back as my first single even. So, yeah. um, and they said, oh, these guys do some really great work. And I got in touch with them and went out in, to Toowoomba and met them. Mm. Um, and also Adam Plant, who is the guy with the long hair, yeah. the cult leader character. So um, the two guys from Rare Squid, Patty and Josh, and then Adam all kind of worked together. Mm. Um, and basically I came in and I saw them and I just loved them immediately. Mm. And then... Uh, I sort of sat down and the first thing they said was like, right, so we've listened to the song, we've got lots of ideas, we want to do a cinematic short, like, cut with you singing, but, yeah. you know, we want it to be like a, an actual story. Um, and we're thinking cults. And I was like, oh, my people. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yes, I want to do your cult, your cult video. Yeah. So <laughs> we, um, it ended up being a lot of it actually got rained out. Like a lot of where we were meant to film got, there was meant to be, I think, actually I'm not going to say because I might want to use them later, but yeah, there was some yeah. places, <laughs> gotta, can't reveal the secrets, <laughs> the magician's secrets, but um, it got rained out a bunch of locations that were meant to mm. use. So when I got there on the day, they were like, right, so we've done like a bunch of recon, mm. don't worry, they just pivoted and were able to make it look amazing. Mm. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you would never guess. Like, oh, this looks like a Plan B location. No, I it was know. Fantastic. Thank you. I know they. I. I cannot believe what a good job they did. Mm. And also, I can't express how green everything was. It had been raining for like three mm. days, and the color grading and everything just yeah. like they totally. They got the vibe. I said oh, I wanted. Totally. Like, yeah. And even just thought know. like they got even the like I'm no film nerd like i'm so crap at that stuff yeah, but from my basic knowledge seeing like you know how they did the camera and they slowed it down slightly at certain parts yes man it was great oh, touch beautiful right are you a yeah. tarantino fan yeah yeah <laughs> I, i'm sure we've talked about that before because i thought you were uh once upon a time in hollywood's on oh, the wall. Shit. <laughs> which i think honestly is his masterpiece it's i know so many eh? people like i know so many people didn't like it but i feel like it was people who maybe don't like Tarantino anyway. They just yeah. knew it was like a famous film with Margot Robbie and they went and yeah. saw it and were like, what is happening? But yeah. I thought Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was like I think, top shelf. I think it's like, you know, the controversial thing is to say, oh, well, is it better than Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs? Yeah. I don't think... Yeah. I, I love Reservoir so. Dogs I love, and I love Pulp Fiction. Me too. But I'm like, I think about that film more than I think about the other two. The, yeah. the main thing that gets me to the, the the first two, mainly like moments or quotes, the rest of the film, I'm like, oh, okay, well, this film I think about as a film. Me whereas, too. You know, I think about little moments of those other films. I yeah. feel exactly the same way. Yeah. I yeah. think about it all the time. I'm surprised by how much of it has stuck with me and yeah. how many times I can watch it. Like, mm. um... Pulp Fiction is a great film, but I find it a little bit traumatizing every time. Every time yeah. I watch it, you know. Yeah, for um, sure. I, yeah, I I really once upon a time in Hollywood. I saw at like a really late night set, sh mm. screening with only other people who are obviously big Tarantino fans as well. Yeah. So there's only like ten of us or something, yeah. all like alone in yeah. the cinema. <laughs> I love it. Um, um. And uh, 
uh, everyone in the cinema, like especially by the end, you know, like the violence, but mm. it's like it's like funny violence, which yeah. is like, but we were all just hysterical, and it was such yeah. a cool. It was like, I left and was like, that was the best movie I've ever seen, and just like message everyone. Yeah. It was like this is the greatest movie. How intense? Because obviously, like you know, the story leading up is. Um, Marilyn, uh, not Marilyn Manson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's at the forefront of my mind. Like, yeah. obviously, we used a cult leader. And yeah, like, I know. Yeah, Adam was saying. Adam actually said to me today, like, "Oh, don't worry, I was going for you know Manson." <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah. like the lead up, like in that film, like you just know the murder's coming. Yeah, of Sharon Tate, you yeah. just know she's gonna die, and it's like. You feel, I felt like sick to my stomach yes. watching. I was like, I don't know if I'm ready to see this because of, especially like with how Tarantino had presented Sharon Tate throughout the film. Totally. And then when he just flips it and then all the cult people die, I've never been so. I've la- it was I laughed like my elating, ass. wasn't it? It was elating. Yes. And I like, completely agree. Oh my God. And it was so elating. And like, you know, I saw some people shit talk some of the, like Margot Robbie not having enough lines, but I was like, it's perfect. It's no, like you're watching this life and you know what's coming to it. Totally. It's the most intense thing. Like, I'm, I'm feeling goosebumps thinking about yeah. it. And then they, he just flips it. He's like, we're going to give you something completely opposite of what the truth actually was. What a way to immortalize her, Nailed. I, I completely like, agree. Oh, it was so special. I completely agree. And I actually thought that that not giving her many lines was p- sort of part of the charm. It yeah. was like her day-to-day life. It felt very intimate. Um, and also, she, there was sort of that, it made you have this sort of feeling that, like, obviously she was sort of a piece of mm. of this huge thing that was taking place. That, yeah. You know, I just, I thought it was beautifully done. Yeah. And it was a fantastic film. I completely yeah. agree with that. Yeah. And I, yeah, he, I think that's the, I think um, even in Inglorious Bastards, that's the brilliance of Tarantino, isn't it? That he... Mm take something that you know you're dreading seeing yeah. the whole way through that yeah. you know it's coming and you don't want to watch it and you can tell it's going to be really intense and there's this feeling of foreboding yeah. the whole way through and then he just pops the bubble and makes like the heroes win and yeah. you know it's yeah uh, yeah I think, magic I think yeah I think my, my probably my favourite Tarantino film is Inglorious Bastards That's, it's it. one of mine too these two um, are my those are my top two yeah. which I feel is not cool because they're like two they're of the not newer cool. ones I know I know I feel so uncool saying I know that. but I feel like we're cool man. I know we're cool I mean, we wear hats we're we wear cool. hats we have, this, we have the same taste in like all all things art, good which is cool all things good yeah, yeah. Did you, have you seen Hateful Eight yes I really loved Hateful Eight. I did too. I, I mean, look, I like all of them. Yeah, I know. They're all good. <laughs> but I think that movie gets, like, the most shit from Tarantino's right. modern era films. Yeah. Because it's, like, it's just dialogue heavy. But, man, it's, like, the dialogue is killer. It's killer. It's actually yeah. amazing acting. And if you look yeah. at it like a play, which is how it was written, it's a great play. Yes. It's like, yeah, you know, I agree. Have you seen 12 Angry Men? No. It's an old film. It's not by Tarantino. Okay. All right. No, but I that, that film, like, was con- it's considered, like, one of the best films ever. And it's literally set in one room. Yeah. And yeah. And with 12 dudes, 12 angry men, right. literally sitting in one room. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, like, I was like, man, if this, if Table 8 was released in a different era, yeah. it would have been considered, like, a masterpiece. I truly think totally. so. Totally. Maybe we'll, but, um, like, in 30 years, we'll see if it's, like, aged yeah. enough that people yeah. can... <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. I think when when you like the modern stuff, no one ever like liking the modern stuff in any artist's career, which I think is changing a bit now. Yeah. But people have had careers since maybe like the eighties 
onwards if you mm. like their new stuff it's like not the cool stuff yeah which is weird anyway yeah. i'm sorry i like was like tarantino that was, that was a great segue <laughs> but uh yeah so music yeah yeah, yeah. Well, because we um that was one of the other things that we talked about when we were there was i said um i felt like they just really got it you know when mm. you meet creative people who just are on your page and yep. you just are like okay i feel like you get mm. what i'm trying to do here and yeah. what i want um and I basically, I think the words that I gave them was that I wanted like dusty, swampy, euphoric yeah. and a bit spooky. And they were like, yeah, 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 we get it. We totally get it. Yeah. And, you know, we sort of swapped some reference things and I felt like they were really on the same page. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think Adam at one point was like, so what's your limit? And I was like, my limit is that it has to be able to go on TV. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm happy for it to get weird. Yeah, it's got it to be rage appropriate. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it ended up being, oh my God, they just, they killed it. They built, mm. they had like all of these, you know, they had like a box of dry ice to put in the water at the end mm. and smoke machines because it was... Yeah. Obviously then it and rained. the smoke of the car, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a great touch. It was like a handheld smoke yeah. machine. I'd never seen one That was before. a great... It was a really great touch. The yeah. attention to detail is very cool. Do you know what? I, I agree. And that's like that 100% is rare squid and not me. So yeah. like, yeah. I feel like I could be like, yes, correct. You're like, look, but, uh, I brought this smoke machine with yeah, me. Yeah, like, oh. not me. That was <laughs> yeah, nothing yeah. to do with me. But um, even... Uh, Adam, you know, the, the cult leader yeah. figure, there's like one scene where they show his hands, you know, where there's mm. like, a, they run up, like the camera rushes up to yeah. him in the pines yeah. and it shows his hands for a split second. When I first got there, they had super glued, because they kept falling off, so they had super glued nails, like fake nails onto Adam's hands mm. that they had like burnt with a lighter and scratched up with rocks and, oh. and like colored them with food dyes so they look sort of like yellowed and i was sort of i was like well that's cool but for the first day that we were filming i was like no one's even gonna see his hands Mm, you know yeah yeah and it was just for that like split second shot their attention to detail was like they didn't miss anything yeah yeah you know what else i thought was cool and speaking of attention to detail Mm -hmm. and i don't think this was where i don't think these were shot in the same spot but you press photos yes they weren't shot there were they no. They were shot... They were at the station in Brisbane, actually, which is like a... Because you've got... But you were shots like, with, like, cactuses and... Yes! But that wasn't the same spot, was it? No, that was... Those... The cactus... The other cacti photos, those promo pictures, were taken down south, like, back mm. in New South Wales. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure, actually, that where we ended up doing the cactus scene... Mm. Don't quote me on this. I'm sorry, Patty and Josh, if you're listening. You're like, no, it was always part of our plan. I'm actually fairly certain that I don't know if that location was where they'd intended. Mm. And it was just somewhere that, like, Patty knew about. It's mm. at the top of a mountain. I don't do well outdoors. Yeah. It was a lot. <laughs> yeah. um, but that, that like, cactus mm. plateau, yeah. um, I think was actually somewhere that they had just found. Mm. Because the the place that we were meant to shoot at had washed out because it'd been yeah, raining wow. for that, three days. And isn't that funny? And I think that's like it goes to show sometimes, like as a musician, saying like that. Oh, that just literally happened. Whereas, like from the fans' perspective, I'm like, is that a throwback? Is that a I know. And like, when we were looking at it afterwards, and with the um the like color grading they put on, and mm. not even that, but I think just the filter that was on the camera while they yeah. were filming it because the colors weren't changed yet. But um. 
we, when we were looking at the, basically the, the scenes at the end where I'm singing into the camera, we're going up the mountain through like yeah. these, all these just wild cacti that are growing everywhere. So yeah. Josh is holding the camera and I'm singing into it. And then mm. Patty's sort of walking behind him, but it was really fast. Like yeah. we were sort of running up the side and then obviously everything was in slow-mo. Yeah. So, but, um, when we were looking at it back, we were like, you know, wow, that's, such a nice touch that my lipstick color was the same color as the flowers. Yeah. It was t- purely accidental. It was just one yeah. of those things that worked out. Yeah. No. I wish it had been a throwback, but it sort of worked out nicely that it wasn't. You know? yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. from the fans' perspective, I was like, no, that's a throwback. Yeah, well, it looked, it totally, it did. It looked deliberate. But um, no, it was just coincidental. And I think that area up there is just like, I don't know, I don't know where it is. It's in Toowoomba and... I'm pretty sure we're meant to be filming somewhere like an hour out there. Tommy was going to be at about an hour drive and then the yeah. location got flooded. So we went and filmed there and we were going up this mountain. And I had like heeled boots on and mm, I couldn't take the mm. boots off because we needed to film us going up the mountain. Yeah. Um, and I think we did it twice. I actually, my shoes, the two pairs of boots that I wore to go up and down are like so caked in mud still. It's been like two weeks. I don't even know what to do with them. <laughs> but we went up and down all these times. I was like, how did you even find this? Mm. And Patty, it's just like, I don't know, he's like an outdoorsy kind of guy. One of the rare, the director, the rescue director. And he just like goes up there to like run around mm. sometimes. I mean, not just like run around. That's like, <laughs> he's like, oh, cactuses. <laughs> Wow. I mean, presumably in like a coordinated fashion and yeah. deliberately that makes it sound like he's just up there running it at like at random. I mean, why wouldn't you just run around <laughs> cactuses in Toowoomba? It's very cool. I mean, I feel like that I've like just told on myself that goes to show how much I understand why and how people do sport for recreation. <laughs> <laughs> He just goes up there Wait, and runs people just around. Sport for recreation? What? <laughs> but yeah, no, it was super cool. And then the pond. Um, was in that same location mm. out near Toowoomba Showgrounds. Um, and we had originally had like a swamp mm. that was meant to be like running water and I was meant to be submerged completely. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, this is so cool. I'm deathly afraid of having my face underwater. So I don't know why I was like, yeah, that'll be, mm. <laughs> that'll be fine. Um, but then when the, the swamp got rained out as well, we ended up going to the pond because it had mm. all these weeping willows around. So it looks really atmospheric, but it's just like, I don't know, like three feet of weeping willows just on like a pond yeah. next to an oval kind of thing. Yeah. And um, the water was pretty rough. I mean, it was moving because it had rained a lot, but it was definitely still water. Um, and so I went out and bought like waterproof earplugs because yeah. the plan was for me to be fully submerged. Yeah. And then once Adam started lo- like lowering me into the water, I remembered at that exact moment that I'm terrified. Of having my face underwater. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, <laughs> thankfully, like, he was very, he was being very gentle yeah. with the dipping and obviously hit resistance once my ears went under. So, yeah. he just stopped and lifted me back up and, like, mm. we all just kind of went with it. And then I was like, you know, they're like, okay, we've got that. And I was like, I'm, I'm really scared of having my face underwater. I forgot to tell you. I'm so yeah. sorry. But so it worked fine. Yeah. No, it looked cool. Yeah. It looked cool. Thank you. Worked fine. And you looked like a new person when you came up because you're like, it was um oh. yeah it was it was a very very cool experience i yeah. um yeah the whole thing was very cool i'm really glad that that i found those guys something very relieving about um i feel like you know i had like an ep shelved maybe like five years ago so mm. it never really got to be released i've sort of 
just dripped out bits of it over the yeah. years whenever something's occurred to me to do it, but I've never yeah. actually released it. Um, and I feel like, especially in Sydney, where there wasn't much of like the music scene that like Americana music or old mm. country, um, I really felt like there wasn't people around me. Like I mm. couldn't find, I always wanted this community of different creative people yeah. and I just couldn't find them. And mm. it was really distressing for many years. And it was hugely relieving now to be making this album that uh, Paul Bain, my partner, um, is producing. Um, so Paul's producing it. I've obviously had, am writing it and then I've been there for all of the production mm. stuff as well. It's just like him and I in a room all the time. Yeah. Um, and him playing drums on it too. And then got Footstomp, who are like doing all of my PR and the project management for it. And then the people at Rare Squid, those guys who have done this mm. beautiful job. And then the photographer who's from up here as well. Her name's Chloe Island. She does her things, cat, cat guts. <laughs> um, <laughs> and she's a really brilliant photographer. It's mm. like all these people that I feel like I got up here in June. Mm. And it's just been all my, I found all my people. Which yeah. is like it's, a huge weight off. Yeah, and when you can have people in your team that you can rely on, it makes a world of difference. Yeah. Um, especially like, you know, as I'm sure, you know, people, I, I don't know, some people might think musicians are rich and we I'm just do nothing about music. Both just an awkward laugh for both of us. We're like, ha and then it was sort of... Yeah, and then like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. But no, there's... That makes... That's... Especially if you're solo... I think that's the only thing that I ever feel envious about with people who are in bands. Mm. I love that I can call on my own shots, but if something needs funding, it's just me. Yeah. Which yeah. I'm sure, I mean, it's the same for you. It's stressful, yeah. you know? Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. But that's why I think if you can have like, you know, good, you know, publicist behind you or good anybody, like yeah. just someone like a producer, um, you know, it makes a world of difference when you can just rely. You've got a few people you can rely on. Totally. It just takes stress out of one area of the business side of music. You Absolutely. Know? You can focus on your writing and you can focus on the recording, you know, all the good stuff. Yeah. 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 How have you found, especially with the last year and a half that you've gone through with you know, moving, uh, moving, then moving back, moving again? Yeah. 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 Which I did do. We've, yeah, we've confirmed it. Yeah. <laughs> myth busted. Yeah. <laughs> How's has that affected your songwriting? Have you been able to write like normal or how's I, it been? Do you know what? That's a very interesting question and I I don't know if I have a great answer for it. And the reason for that is um, this last like 12-ish months, not even maybe 12 months, the last like six, nine, mm. I guess. I moved up here in June um, and it's sort of been on the cards that I would move for a while. Um, but I think that what it's sort of, what that's meant is that the cycle I'm in right now or where I'm at in the cycle is not really writing anyway. Mm. So it's been this really interesting thing in that I already came up here with the songs. I already mm. knew what they were going to be, the full set of album songs. Yeah. I've written a couple of other songs since then, but then I've been like, no, I don't want this on there. This is not, you know, maybe they're good songs yeah. or even some that I already had, but that I ended up vetoing because they didn't, I don't feel like they make sense to the vision yeah, as a whole, for sure. you know, but, um, I actually have been so focused on everything else. Like I feel like the last maybe year for me has been music business year mm. rather than yeah. the creative 
year? Do you know what's been coming up here and uh, trying to work out what musicians we want on things mm. and then figuring out how to get the record out and then figuring out how we're going to afford it all. And then, yeah. you know, it's, it's mostly been that stuff. But what I will say has been that I've noticed has been made things more interesting creatively for me is I guess the, the, the amount of movement and the new people mm. in my life also mean that I'm discovering new things that I maybe want to say mm. as well. That's, been really interesting so there's definitely songwriting happening yeah. and the other thing that's happened is I'm exposed to so many more people now mm. and Paul my partner is a drummer for like a bunch of uh, like I always say these like a big time country drummer which he'd be just like deeply embarrassed about <laughs> <laughs> he's like very shy and hey, humble he was on the TV he, I saw him he was on the TV <laughs> I think he's going to be on TV again this weekend, but I don't know where, so I can't play. But, um, <laughs> just look out for Paul. <laughs> just look out for Paul. <laughs> if you see a drummer. The drums. <laughs> yeah, if you see a drummer. <laughs> Assume it's him. Just, yeah. just take credit. But um, he plays with like Travis Collins and Kirsty Lee Akers, who are like more kind of mainstream pop mm. stuff. And so that also means that it's been very cool for me to be... Uh, kind of going from being at like one end of the spectrum where I like don't know anybody and like I didn't have a single out until mm. a week ago or two yeah. weeks or whatever it's been. Um, and then also being able to go to like these really big festivals and hear all this different kind yeah. of music and be surrounded by all these different people. And it's been really cool that I, I'm finding that I'm writing a lot of things that just for the pleasure of writing, which mm. for me actually is not something that I normally do. Mm. I usually am like, okay, I've got this specific thing that I want to say, I'm writing it. Mm. Or in the case of the album, it's like, okay, well, I need 12 songs and I feel like I don't have a song that fills this niche. So that's yeah. the song I'm writing. I don't usually just write for pleasure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a long-winded answer, but that's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really interesting. And like, it's funny. I never really think about like writing for pleasure versus writing when you've got something to say. I definitely feel like I'm more of the writing for pleasure kind of guy. Right. Um, but... I'm like the opposite. So when I've got something to say, I feel like I put a lot more pressure on myself. Like right. if I have something, oh, man, I need to say this and I need to write a song about this, then it's, I find it harder, but often I, like, cool. sometimes I'll write like a song and I'll be, it'll be like one of my favorite songs because I like, I have something to say and this is me saying it. Yeah. But other times like my favorite songs to play will be the ones I'm like, eh, I got no emotional attachment yeah. to this. This is just <laughs> Yeah, fun. totally. Yeah, totally. which is always weird, to, like especially like you know when you do if you do an interview and you're talking to someone, like so what was the inspiration behind the song? I was like, I was sitting on my back porch. Yeah, they're like, what's the inspiration? I'm like, I don't know. Nothing. I feel like there's. Yeah, there's that's I was weird, waiting. That's <laughs> so the, the album, my album is literally. It's named after me sitting on my back porch watching the streetlight. It's like, Aww. God, what a what an ins inspiring story. But also, do you know what I think? That's super cool that. Mm. I, th I think there's something to be said, and I feel like with singer-songwriters as well, it's it's like there is heaps more pressure putting put on what was the story or like mm. the inspiration or yeah. whatever. And I think sometimes people say like, it's up to you to figure it out. And yeah. I feel like that's a cop-out, but I feel like it's a cop-out because sometimes the answer is yeah. nothing. Yeah. You, like, I can understand mm. the more interviews and things I do over time, and the more I do have songs sometimes i'm like i don't know what it's about i just yeah. wrote it maybe yeah. in a year i'll know what it's about but right now i don't yeah. you know i think there's a lot of pressure put on that on having like yeah. an interesting story 
for what a song is about or mm. being like, tell me about the lyrics here. And you're like, Wah. but I think mm. it's really cool that like your whole album, you've, you've managed to create um, like a look and a sound and visual and even, you know, all the way down to the cover art and your promo photos for it and all that sort of thing that s creates its own narrative, mm. which is really cool. Like, sometimes a song is just a song that, like, came to you and you wrote it, or sometimes yeah. a title is just what you were doing. Yeah. Waving, blues, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. The, the fact that you've been able to turn that into beautiful art, I think, is where... Mm. I think there's not enough, not enough credit given to... Uh, how how complicated and convoluted it can be to do that. You know? Yeah. Sometimes yeah, the art true. is the whole picture, not yeah. just the song. I love you know? that. Yeah. Well, Thank that was you. very I profound. Feel so much better about it now. No, it's true. Yeah. I, I thought that the whole way. Th I mean, obviously, I didn't know that you were just like I don't know. I was just sitting up there, yeah, no, but like I did. thought that the whole way through that it's all it's very cohesive, yeah. and yeah. If this was a press into like a written interview, that's what they would have used as that soundbite, that very profound thing I yeah, just said a minute that ago was that great, I don't yeah. remember. You know, I'm just gonna like I know, what did you just say again? <laughs> I don't know. It was yeah, something about yeah, the art I, I being love like that a film. Hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, but no, legit, legit, next time I do an interview, I'm just gonna like just have that soundbite ready. It's like just play it. And they'll be like, who is that? Yeah, yeah. I should edit that right here, right now. I so it'll be like, we just like randomly put it on it your phone. Yeah, I feel like, you know, sometimes that you're, do you find this sometimes when you're doing interviews, especially I find for print interviews, that you say something and you think, oh, that's the, that's yeah, it. That's, that's it. like the box pop yeah, that they the want. The next one, you like say something different. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no one's yeah. going to notice. <laughs> and then my mum calls me, Jordan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. Yeah, it's always, honestly, it's literally the parents who, who notice more than anyone. I, I like, actually, I didn't show my mum the video to this. To the tumbling back video beforehand because I was so worried that she'd get in my head. Like she's so yeah. loving and supportive, um, but I was also like, if ever anyone's gonna be like, what's that? Or like, what's that for? Or like, why'd you do that? <laughs> or something. And it's because it's out of like, yeah, you know, it's it's out of like love, like asking yeah. what I'm doing. But I, you know, you're so like sensitive and delicate when you're in the process. Of, yeah, you know. absolutely. Yeah, I know. I've only ever done one pro like film, like proper film clip where I'm like in it and act, yeah. act in it. Yeah, and I'm like, man, this is like, I, you feel so. It's, it's so, so weird. weird. It's so much fun, but at the same time, it's like, man, it's weird. The first day <laughs> we we shot over two days. And the first day I was really stressed, like, I don't feel like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and mm. also because everything was in slow-mo, mm. there was also this feeling of like, I don't know if what I'm doing is going to translate yeah. very well. And then I also felt too, like, obviously they're fine with letting you look at, mm. like, the monitor and seeing what you're doing. But yeah. I was like, I don't want to look in case I hate it and then there's nothing I yeah. can do. Yeah. Like, I don't want to ask them... I don't want to be like, hey, can I just watch that shot? Well, yeah, they're trust watching the director, that. right? I don't want to look I at it. I don't want to see it. myself ever. I don't I even want to. I don't want to see the film clip <laughs> and fact. I don't want to see it. You tell me what happens, and if it's if you describe it well, I'll be happy. I'll be happy with it. I'll just trust that it's come out good. And yeah. it's not because I didn't have faith in them. I had full faith in them. I was worried that I would see it and be like, yeah. oh, why was I doing that? Yeah, like, yeah. Really, is that how you decided to act? That I mean. You know, like, yeah. you don't really... There's not very many opportunities in life, if you're not an actor, yeah. in which you act things. Yeah. So it's really, like... I felt really in my head about it. Yeah. But um, when I showed my mom the uh, the single cover, actually, for Tumbling Back, I sent it to my mom, my dad... My parents aren't together. So I sent it to my mom, my dad, and my sister. And, um, uh, and I sort of sent it to them. And my mom wrote back immediately, why haven't you got pants on? And I was like, oh, 
Oh, I don't. Oh, and then it stressed I me. I left out. them at home. Uh, uh, what was <laughs> One mum. Hang on the phone. No, I um. The the thing was though that I had just like things that when like that you're in the moment. I like yeah. hadn't even thought about it. Mm. Like I picked the outfit. It originally had pants. And then once I saw it on, I was like, okay, well, it's covered to my neck, covered to my wrists, and covered all the way down my boots. Like, literally, it's just like my face and hands with yeah. pants on. And I'm so small. Like, for anyone listening to this who's obviously not seen me in person, I'm like 152 centimeters. I'm like right on five feet. Yeah. So if you cover me in fabric and prints and tassels and a hat and then my mm. hair, I look like... What's that? <laughs> What's that? That, I think it might be a Swedish tree, or it's a might be <laughs> a tree of grog. Is it? Do you know what I'm talking I about? I have it's no like, idea, but I was not like expecting a, it to go the way of Swedish tree. It's like a, <laughs> I might be merging like a bunch. This might be that thing again where it's not actually Swedish. It's not even a tree. Do you not know what I'm talking about? I think its name is no grog. Anyway, it's very... I look very consumed by fabric. Yeah. If, like, I've got a combination of, like, it was tassels and, like... So I was like, all right, we'll just take the pants off. And I didn't even think anything about it. I was just like, looks better without the pants on. Whatever. And then my mom was like, why haven't you got pants on? And I was like, oh, I hadn't even thought about this. And then I was like, is it a big deal? Is it a problem? Is this a problem? And then I was like, no, I don't care. It's fine. Yeah. It's a badass picture. Yeah, I thought it was badass. Yeah, and Paul was like, babe, you're totally, like... It's just legs. It's fine. Yeah, you know? I know. God forbid. Wait, hold on. You I got legs? legs? I know. Ugh. But it was like, she stressed me out about it for probably like three days. Not that she stressed me out about yeah. it, but she asked me and then I was like... <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like, you. don't need this. It's like that, eh? The moment's like, I'm like that with Maddie. Whenever she'll say, oh, look at that. I was like... <sighs> What do you mean uh, look at that? What do you mean? Is that a good look at that? Why are you criticizing? It's like, I just asked you about that. It's like, oh, I can never do this again. I I take my hat off. I'm not wearing that hat. It's like, oh, that's a weird color combination. Is <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, people can't actually say that. I just like, it's yeah. basically his Godzilla. Yeah, <laughs> I, went, I turned into Godzilla. Yeah. That's, or the Hulk. It was sort of yeah. like a combination. But yeah. that's what it feels like. Yeah, You're like, that's absolutely. it. I'll never make art again. Yeah, I'm never like, showing what? it. No one believes in me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if this is an artist thing or if this is like, I'm also inclined to think it's a Pisces thing. Like, mm. we're just sensitive. Yeah. We're just sensitive babies. We are. We actually are. We're just but that, what's, that's why we're so endearing. I, I do. I agree. <laughs> Aren't we? <laughs> you tell <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah. No, that's oh a gosh. problem. It's, um, I have to be really careful about like who I show what beforehand, mm. because even if, um, even if, no matter how confident in something I feel, mm. if it's like a person close to me who ju literally just has to say mm. like, so what's going to go over there mm. in that picture? I'm like, why don't you believe in my dreams? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yes. Uh, oh yeah. 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 So I've, I've like over the years, I, like over time I've been like, okay, well that's not a reasonable reaction. So you just, yeah. you just keep it to yourself. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, even though, like, you know, it's like if they, if they say before giving you feedback, like, oh, you know what you could do here? It's like, what do you think of it first? Do you really I, not like it? You need to change it before I, you say it? I agree. Oh, I know. Man. I know. It's very stressful. I have, I have certain people I go to for advice when I, and I, knowing they're going to give me honesty. Yeah. And I'm happy with that. Yeah. They're the people I'm like, I want you to be honest. I don't want Maddie to be honest. <laughs> I, I want you to tell me that I'm the best person I and know. the most talented. I and need to know. <laughs> <laughs> 
<gasps> yeah, oh. I think um, Paul's usually pretty good for it because obviously, like, we're both musicians yeah. and we both, we actually, do you know what's amazing that I think is has turned out to be incredibly helpful and I think also why, like, our relationship being long distance for a long mm. time before the borders opened wasn't difficult was that we have the same emotional needs yeah so it makes it really easy then to be like if he shows me something or vice versa Mm. that we both know as like Mm. delicate artists what the other person how the other person needs to have this delivered or handled like i think there's something to be there's something to be said which doesn't mean that i'm you know i never like but so you don't love it? Like, yeah. You don't love it? You don't love me? You don't think I'm the best? Like, but, um. You don't even I, love me anymore! Yeah. <laughs> you know, but we're just in, like, the G chord, I swear. You're like, no! no. I just, yeah. I know what that meant. <laughs> but, yeah, I, um, it's mostly, it's mostly pretty easy. We're, gen- we're generally on the same page. Yeah, and I think good. both being musicians makes it easier. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, um, sure. yeah. Well, speaking of the music front, so what's what's twenty twenty two hold for you? So you've got the album that you're working on. Yes. Are the, you are you hoping of like doing shows interstate, or is that still daunting as hell? Like I, it is for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why was it daunting as hell for you? Was it like the COVID um, stuff? Or? Yeah, just like like oh, just booking shows, cancelling shows, booking yeah. shows. I was like, I can't do it anymore. I'm like, I need to know that it's not going to be cancelled. Totally. You start to yeah. feel a little bit traumatised, don't Absolutely. you? Absolutely. I felt yeah. that way about not the booking shows because I was just like, okay, forget it. Though you and I had a gig, like, a, was on a bill for a gig that you were doing. That's right. That got cancelled. Yeah, that was the first one. I know. Yeah. We've, we've that was going to be great. It was going to be you, me, and, and Ruby. And Ruby. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. We're going to do that again. We're going to book that. It would actually, that'd be such a, like, a apt lineup yeah that would be so good but um i think i had that about moving that i felt like every time i'd start to be like okay i'm moving now we're like getting a date i'm about to like leave my job back home it's all and then the borders would close Mm. or like you know and you start you do start to feel traumatized by it like you don't want to get your hopes up but you know but um yeah 2022 for me right now i'm working on the second single at the moment um, which will be released, I'm fairly sure, I think it's going to be, my guess is Feb, but don't mm. hold me to that at this point. <laughs> I think it'll be February. Mm. Um, I am playing the Tamworth Country Music Festival in January. Awesome. Um, which is nice. I uh, Obviously, yeah, my job is covers gigs, so I gig full time. Mm. Um, and there's no time off for Christmas or New Year's or anything like that. Yeah. So I'm doing a, a handful of shows throughout the Tamworth Country Music Festival. Mm. And then basically I'm just going to use... I'm there for the full 10 days. So the time I'm not playing, I'm just going to like relax and see my friends. And like drink some ice cold Coca-Colas. Mm. Because that's my one vice in life is <laughs> Cokes. <laughs> um, uh, and then the single, the next single I'm pretty sure is coming out in Feb. Um, and then there's going to be another one following that. There will be a, a launch sometime in the new year, but um, we're still figuring out all of all of that um, location and mm. all that sort of stuff. Um, there will be an album launch. I'm aiming for the album mid year. Awesome. So that's I can't the wait plan. to hear it. I can't wait. I actually can't wait for you to hear it either. I feel like over the years that we've known each other, like when one of us is working on things, not all the time, but obviously we yeah. often like 
we send things back and forth. Yeah. Because I feel like, yeah, I um, I feel like you always get where I'm going with things. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's always like a yeah. I'm excited for you to hear it too. Actually, I'm excited it's, for everyone to hear. It's it. the kindred Pisces thing. That's yeah. what it is. It's, it's the the love of Murakami, except for that one book. Except for that one. <laughs> <laughs> the one book that we mutually agree was not yeah. acceptable. And I'd wiped it out of my memory, like the until you brought it up at the gig. <laughs> I was like, no. Well, oh. I was. It was. Oh. I don't even know if it's appropriate to talk about what's wrong with that book, but there's one Murakami book that um, Haruki Murakami is a Japanese author that we both love. It was like the first thing we bonded over, I think, after the Gaslight Anthem. Yeah, it was, yeah, Gaslight first. Gaslight Anthem first, then Murakami. Um, And we'd both recently read his book, Killing Commend... I don't even know how to say it. Is it Commendatory? Yeah, I think that's it. Killing Commendatory, which... um, it just goes on a lot of very strange yeah. tangents about all kinds of things that um, I think I was reading it or you were reading it at the time. We're both partway through and yeah. we're both uh, actually had had the same observation. We're like, oh God, he's yeah. just like, this thing that he's forgotten about and then 40 yeah. pages later it brings it up again. <laughs> and when I was, t- when I t- <laughs> talked about it at the gig a few weeks ago, after that, or I think it was just before, I went online and looked up like Google reviews for yeah. people reading that book. And people were either like, I love this book, or they were like, What the hell was up with? And I just oh. screenshot all of them and I think sent them to you and like one other friend of mine who reads Murakami who also had the same thought and was like, Yeah, go. it's like, it's like, it's good, it's good. What the fuck? What? And they're like, Oh, thank God we've passed that. Oh, yeah. God, again. Not again. Yeah. Yeah. Just snuck up on your loser place. If you're listening to this and you've read Killing Commendatory, I bet you're going to know exactly what yeah, we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And, and if you disagree, please tell us. Yeah, if you disagree. <laughs> tell us in detail why. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it PG, I reckon. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's what's on the cards for me for 2022. And then I'm sort of trying to think in like six month chunks at mm. the moment. And thankfully, oh, thank God I have foot stomp and they know what's going on. So they send me like... um. You know, they've, they've like, mapped out the next half year for oh, me, that's great. roughly. Which is amazing, because I'm not great at that. <laughs> not great at not great at the mapping out. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they, they sort of are handling that, thank mm. God. And then, yeah, we'll see. I um, just want to make some more videos and some more music. The album's definitely on its way. Videos and what happens with those will obviously depend on what I can afford to do at the mm. time because that's the reality of independent musicianship. Self-funded <laughs> glory. Self-funded <laughs> glory. Uh. When I first got up here and after I'd been working for a while, I was like, wow, I'm doing so well. Look at all this. I've been making more money than I was expecting. I'm doing all these gigs. I'm having such a good time. And then I was like, oh, but that's right. I have to, I have to make a record. Yeah. Now- <laughs> if only it were cheap. If only it were cheap. I think if you're not a musician, you don't real, you don't have any sense of how much money and also not just money, but moving pieces there are in making. Yeah, absolutely. Making a record. Well, pretty much everything except the drums was was done in this room. Amazing. And and you think, oh, that's cheap, right? That's budget. No. You know, it was definitely much cheaper than my previous album. Yeah. But crap it was not cheap like yeah. like I worked out like you know you look at mastering and then mastering for the vinyl this is forgetting about co- the cost yes. of the vinyl but just the mastering so that's two costs of mastering and then mixing yeah um, and then like getting the drums done and yeah. 
And then you think about PR, and then you think about getting the records pressed. And, and then you're like, and then merch, I need some merch for this. And, and I then need I need to, to promote it. Yeah. Publicity. Yeah. And oh my God. It's so much. <laughs> oh, I think if much. you stop and think about it, you'd just like get under a blanket and like yeah. not. <laughs> it's just about, yeah. I think it's, I always think of it as being like Tetris. Mm. Right, you know, like the blocks get high. I feel like I'm yeah. really prone to these weird analogies that maybe okay, that's a good like, one. Yeah, okay. like you know, publicity is dropping here. Oh no, it is. Yes, on the wrong totally. Yes. Over, You've got to like line okay, them all up. Yeah, and then the main thing that you just have to do when all the blocks are getting really close to the top of the screen is just like find one that you can get rid of, so it yeah. disappears. Just like release the pressure yeah. a little bit and yeah, do the best absolutely. you can. And then as you're doing it, it's like the un. Breakable COVID block falls. <laughs> no, no, we can land it. We can land it. the top of everything. Okay, hopes and dreams, day job. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Game yes, over. totally. Yeah. Oh god. Try yeah. again next year. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what the COVID thing for me has been? It's been interesting because last year, so I started making. I actually started recording this album mid last year in Newcastle, mm. back in New South Wales. Newy. Yeah. Um, and like Paul came down to play the drums. He's, he's like out of my, uh, like my, what's that thing? Like he's way more, like I wouldn't be able to afford him if he wasn't my friend. Yeah. <laughs> but, so he came down and played drums, um, at pay grade. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. So he came down to play drums and do all the percussion and stuff. Mm. And we had just like. A lovely time with like another producer who's a good friend of mine and then when I when everything happened and the lockdown happened and then mm. I was moving up here and then it was sort of just like well realistically mm. how are we meant to do this with like yeah. the producer in Newcastle and me in Queensland mm. and the borders keep closing and so we ended up I and we decided basically Paul and I just kind of started again yeah. so it's been this like long sort of uh, process <laughs> But also that's been kind of like drawn out over a long yeah. period. But I think also for me, the COVID thing was kind of almost a bit of a weight off in a way mm. because I had a day job at the time that like couldn't work. I just had a retail job, so yeah. I couldn't work. So I was basically like at home mm. and you couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. And I was getting job keeper from my mm. company and basically just was like, you know, especially as, as like a new person dipping their toe in, yeah. you sort of are seeing people uh, like around you or especially on social media. I've mm. never been one of those people who compares myself to anything I see on social media yeah. and I never really understood it. Mm. But the one place that I, I definitely was noticing it happening once we started mm. trying to do, once I started looking at making the album yeah, was I felt like, I felt like I was just falling behind before mm. COVID hit, right? Yeah. Like everyone's got all these things happening and I'm still trying to get out of the gate and there's been mm. all these things outside of my control that I couldn't do anything yeah. about and trying to break through them. So when COVID happened for me, it was almost a bit of a relief. It was mm. like everyone is forced to stop, including yeah. me, and I can just like take some deep breaths without feeling mm. like I'm falling further behind on this, you yeah, know? Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, it... um the time I thought that I'd record the album during those lockdown, mm. the time I wasn't at work and it didn't work out that way. Um, because obviously then we were locked down. So yeah, it didn't work yeah. out that way. <laughs> but, um, you know, the album got like a little bit done and yeah. then we sort of started again. So it's made the process longer, but I actually am quite grateful for the chance to just feel like 
I was able to do some creative things yeah. and sort of start getting things moving for myself without feeling like this clock ticking mm, behind yeah. me all the time. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a really good point and it's definitely something I think in hindsight I felt too. Like mm. just being able to record at my own pace with no deadlines or no pressure because, you know, I can't book yeah. gigs. Yeah. So if I can't do gigs, I may as well just record. Yeah. Um, and this year I've done like no recording. Yeah. Um, I literally just started doing demoing like, last week and that's because i was like oh now i've got all that out of the way yes i yeah. can get back into that totally again. like oh yeah. man i forgot how much fun this is it is it's cyclical right yeah. you're in different stages of yeah of like the cycle and you yeah. don't because i think if you try to do both and i've definitely you know especially with a day job music yeah. and then the business side of music they're all they're three individual elements you've yes. just got to sort of manage them in the right time otherwise yeah. you're burning the candle from both ends yeah and, yeah. I have a huge propensity to do that as well, mm. so I have to yeah. be really like aware of. Yeah. You know, I think um, and I think it's in the nature of musicians, and I think especially solo artists because you're so aware that mm. there's no one else picking up the slack, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. If I don't do this, I don't. Mm. If I don't do this, then maybe in six months from now, I don't have anything happening, or yeah, you know, that I think it's it's just so easy to put so much pressure on yourself, mm. like. At any given point, it's getting a little bit better now. It's gotten better since now I moved up here and I'm like my my cover gig stuff because that was the big stress when I moved up here. It was mm. like, okay, well, how do I support myself now? I need yeah. to be able to. So I basically am like booked solidly through till like February mm. with that stuff, and then I've got my own gigs around it. So now I feel like okay, it's that's like the financial side of things is yeah. like okay for me for now and then it's like all right well what do you need to plan to be able to book an album mm. launch yeah to play an album launch in six months if you want one and yeah. you've got to start booking that now and it's really easy to just have mm. like a to-do list the length of your arm yeah it's like a rolling to-do list for me i just like take one thing off and put three more on and just yeah. you know <laughs> yeah for sure yeah. and i tell you what with booking gigs next year if um even now like Assuming things do open up, mm -hmm. Benny's going to be booked the fuck out. Like, totally. They're already booked out, like, um, even with, with Torch Fest coming up in yeah. April. Like, it was incredible. When we are sussing out some venues for that and some other shows, like, they were booked out until May, June. Yikes, yeah. And this was not even... Obviously, we're in December now, but this is months ago. When yeah, we were looking at yeah. And, and I think it's just a matter of bands can come back, but mm -hmm. also... All these shows that keep getting postponed and pushed. That's just like a backlog that this still needs to be totally. you know, that needs yeah. to be done. Like yeah. Um Yeah, so it's it's crazy times booking yeah. shows. Um yeah, I feel very lucky to have been able to play some shows this year and um especially after last year, like just you know, just expecting things like I think I did like three shows last year. Yeah. Um yeah. two during COVID and um yeah, like so many cancelled. So when you get to play a show, it's like you don't take it for granted. You're totally. just like, man. And sold out shows for yeah. you nonetheless. Oh, Congratulations. Man. It's just, yeah, and like, you know, it, I still think that's just crazy. And I just think it's it's so awesome. And I, I think I, I feel very lucky that there's like so many punters still waiting to go to shows. And, that's amazing. And support artists, given everything that it's been the hardest time for musicians. Yeah. And, like, I, I feel so lucky that I've got a day job. And I know a lot of musicians, obviously, like, who do, you know, cover shows as yeah. the day job or have other jobs that just have fallen through um, or work in live live sound. Totally. Like, you know, it's been so hard for them. Like, it's been hard for me, but I'm like, fuck, I've got had it so easy compared to so many people. Yeah. And, 
Yeah, man. It's just, it's been tricky, tricky times. So, just so many things to balance. What's been, yeah. it's been a funny thing. I really feel like in the scheme of things, I I feel like I've, I've saying this sounds so dicky, but um, I feel like I've done really well mm. as a result of COVID, which is yeah. like, I don't know. I, I Surely it's not like there's got to be other people who are in the same boat, mm. but so the first thing was when I moved up here, um, the gigs that I had managed to book, like my work gigs, mm. the gigs that I managed to book from New South Wales, because my plan was to try to come yeah. up here and just like hit the ground running and slowly move it that way. Because I did these gigs back home and yeah. I was hoping to just transfer it over. Yeah. Um, and when I first got up here, I think I was here for two weeks and I had done maybe like two gigs mm. that I had already booked while I was yeah. still in Sydney. And then... Oh, then there was like a three-day lockdown. Mm. And so whatever I had booked that weekend was scrapped. Yeah. And then not just that, but because the venues then are running at a loss from that mm. weekend of trading they lost, yeah. they can't afford the musicians the next week or mm. maybe the next week or, yeah. you know, and every time there's like one of those snap lockdowns, the, the result is actually like weeks of run-on effect. And it was very, very scary. Yeah. Like when I first got up here. Um, but then... Because I like I I'm solo and um, once gigs started coming back, people couldn't afford bands. Like venues yeah. couldn't afford bands, or they couldn't even afford duos. Yeah. So you like are basically like maybe they don't even want you, but you're yeah. you're solos are the only people that are available like in yeah. their price range. So it kind of actually worked out. Mm. Like I I think I went from yeah. having like no work in June when I moved up here yeah. to basically like full-time by august or september so there was like a lot of stress Mm -hmm. and panic and like burning through my savings and all that sort of thing but in the scheme of things it all kind of circled yeah back round i guess yeah totally. but i mean it was really you know like yeah for paul he's like a drummer and he does like bigger tours and i think he had like something ludicrous like 60 dates cancelled last year yeah just and those bigger gigs are the ones that come back last. And it just seemed like this this really unfair thing that I mm. noticed in our relationship where I was like, I'm like the nobody at the bottom rung right yeah. now. And I'm the one that's able to get all these gigs because I'm I'm the only thing that is yeah. viable for people right now. Yeah. Whereas someone like Paul, who's really like, you know, obviously I work really hard and I've paid my dues. But for yeah. someone like Paul, who's worked his way up to be able to get these big gigs and yeah. do these bigger tours and... You know, the musicians that also play in his band and the artists themselves, mm. they were like the first ones to be canned and the last ones to be allowed to do anything, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know, it was a, a good time to be a like an entry-level musician, I think, and a bad time yeah. to be any other kind. I would completely agree. Yeah. I really do. It's, it's, isn't it? It's almost ironic. Yeah. You think, like, we work so hard to get to a level where we're living off, you know, original music full-time. Totally. But it's those guys who got to that level who were hurt. Who got the fucked most. the worst. Yeah. yeah, totally. And like, you know, JobKeeper's great. But like, if you're a musician, it doesn't work like no. that. No, yeah, no. Like, I, I know a musician who had to go on the JobKeeper, but the money he was getting in the same period of time, I think he worked out that he was going to lose something like seven, eight thousand dollars Yeah, And yeah. like, you plan your year around the, that money for bills and around totally. this, that, your red joe. You think about what, yeah. overheads of being an adult, you yes. know? 
yeah, yeah. so um yeah it's it's yeah it's been yeah crazy times but, hard time for hey you who knows what next year's gonna be like you know I, I think it's I'm optimistic good. I'm optimistic too yeah. good I'm glad you are are you do you lean towards fundamental optimism yeah. what I, I mean, I, I, well I'm trying to I, I think sometimes I'm too optimistic me too and then I'm like then I become negative but then I'm like oh, I'm back I'm back it's <laughs> 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 <That's> okay it's <laughs> okay to be negative <laughs> I think, yeah, I lean, like, hugely towards optimism. So sometimes I'm like, I have a great feeling about this. And then mm. I'm like, but <laughs> is that just my default feeling? Or it's like, like this molten lava running towards you. I've got a really I good feeling. I feel like this is going to be fine. I'm going to be able to jump it. Yeah. <laughs> it's one kilometer long. I can do it. I can do it. Long legs. <laughs> yeah, totally. The yeah. universe will save me from the molten lava. Yeah. I feel like that's, like... I'm always going around saying, um, and I have like a really new age upbringing as well. So I'm always like going around saying mantras to myself yeah. about like, yeah. you know, positive mantras about yeah. things that yeah. are happening. And I, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel, I actually feel really good about next year. I feel yeah. really like it's, I think that something that COVID has done also and the year of lockdown is that it's made everyone really reevaluate. I know that's like something that everyone says and it's true, mm. but really like reevaluate and also I think it's stripped away a lot of the bullshit. Yeah. Like um people's intentions and characters and mm. you know seem to really be I don't know, it's like this like this moment of universal truth. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We're the, all going the through the same happen. hard time. Totally. Yeah. And it makes everyone reevaluate what their priorities are and I think that makes for more truthful more like honest lives and relationships and yeah you know. yeah. yeah I feel good about it I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a good year yeah I think I think it'll definitely still have its challenges but I think it's I feel like we've definitely gone gone through the worst of it I feel like yeah. it's gonna I feel like you know not to get on the the whole COVID topic too deep but I feel like there's gonna be variant after variant that, that's yeah. just gonna happen yeah. now I think realistically the world is just gonna ha- it's gonna slowly move on and yeah you know, international travel will slowly come back. Maybe who I think I still think that's probably another good year away before it's I, back to normal. I think so too. I think that one's quite a way off. But I mean, I have some friends right now, like different. I have some different friends who are mm. in like a few different countries at present. Yeah. Which I think I don't know. I think I'd still probably feel a little bit too scared yeah. to do, especially having moved from New South Wales and yeah. like right before my all my family members were locked in their houses for like four months I yeah. feel a little bit you know yeah absolutely but, um, I, I think some people you know there, there'll be some travel bubbles that will happen yeah. you know but I feel like there's still going to be a lot of apprehensive people yeah more, I think I feel like the, the borders will open before people will be ready to travel I think they'll be so ready too, to travel yeah. but they'll be like mm, but yeah yeah I, I've seen I this before and <laughs> last time we all know how this went every time they ever opened borders to anything but yeah, I am. I'm. I'm positive about it. I feel good yeah. about the year ahead. Personally, I feel good about it. On the the like COVID front, I feel good about it. Yeah. In you know for music and the and like the world, I feel like the world is due for a good year, right? Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, we've just been we've been really dragged through it for a mm. few years. Do you remember we had like those horrible bushfires that were just terrifying, and yeah. then. Literally, like it was like the smoke had no sooner cleared from the air that they're like, okay, now there's an airborne virus. 
Yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah. Bye. Yeah. Scomo's gone to Hawaii. No. Far out. What a what a two years, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So I feel like we're due a good one. I think you're right about the variants. Mm. I mean, even you know that the new one that's come mm. out now seems to be milder than the others. And yeah, which has a Transformers ba- like bad guy. Yes, name. it does. The Omicrons are here. It's it like literally. Has a transformer yeah, yeah. But you know, hopefully it'll just keep like petering out like that. Yeah. Until are you a Simpsons fan? Oh, massive Simpsons. You, fan. Do you know that episode where there's like the comet coming to Earth and Homer like makes yeah. that prediction that yeah. he's just gonna by the time it gets here it'll be like the size of a chihuahua's head. Yeah. And that's what happens. I'm hoping that that's what's gonna happen with COVID. We'll just get yeah. to a point that it's just like a harmless rock. The size of a two-hour's yeah, head. That's such a good episode. It, that's the one where they all are in the bunker, yeah, isn't it? And then and they Mo all makes sing. that that oh. sound, that animal sound, and no one can pick it. Yeah. That's that, that one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah and, and then and then yeah, they kick Homer out and he's singing and they all go out with yes. him. Yes. And then the media hits and it's the size yeah. of a two-hour's head. Yeah. He was right. <laughs> yeah. My God. Yeah, I'm scared two kids. Yeah. That's that's what oh. I'm hoping. Oh, that's so good. Gonna that's happen. so good. And look, if next year is full of bad shit, we yeah. can be assured of one really good thing, and that's your new album. <gasps> Thank so. you! I'm so excited! I know, me too. I keep going to like tell people what the title is, and then I remember that I'm like not good at committing to titles, and it might not be yeah, the title again yeah. in like two months, so yeah, I can't tell you what it is. Yeah. But <laughs> I think you're going to love it. You're like, it's tumbling back. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I think it's been really good. And I'm excited for next year for you as well. I'm really excited. I think you're coming off the back of like a huge year and a huge year and even in the scheme of like, you know, of like you've been in, we've been in lockdown and COVID and all that stuff and it hasn't like slowed you down at all. I think it's going to be a good year for you. Yeah. I think it's going to be a good so. year for us. Yeah, it's going to be a great year. Be <laughs> and I'm really excited for your show with Tori Forsyth as oh, well. Oh, that's going to be great. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm really excited for that. Yeah. I just love you both so much. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, this has been such a nice chat. And I'm so oh. glad to have you on. I don't know, honestly, I almost want to edit in the uh, the case file chat <laughs> from the start somehow. Just, just I don't know fine. if that will be a deterrent or if people will be like, oh, this is great. This is great, <laughs> chat. <laughs> What is oh. going on here? Yeah. Oh, but, but it is what... Oh, oh, I'm going to look at that away. I'll work it out. Later. If I have said something offensive, don't put it in yeah, there. Yeah, I'll be I don't know. That's great. Just upload. <laughs> <laughs> it's done. There was a lot of talking before we actually started recording. Yeah. Because we're just similar tangents. Yeah. So it's before we started talking, and it's been recording for what? I don't know. What's eight thirty now? So. Oh, that's a while. Yeah, at least an hour and a half. At least an hour and a half. I think close to. <laughs> actually, longer than I that because I hit recording. Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, look. All in the name. <laughs> of fun. Well, I've got one more question for you. Yes. And this is one I always end the podcast with. Yes. What is something or someone you're grateful for? And you can't say Paul. Okay. No, you can say Paul. He actually... <laughs> <laughs> He's actually not my answer. No, but, uh, who? No. <laughs> um, well, but no, I um, my immediate response actually was to be like, I'm grateful for you. Aww. But then I don't know if that like, seems like a really lame answer. But I um, what I'm grateful for, and you are a part of this, and this is like a who and a what. Um, what I'm grateful for is the community that I have found up here in Brisbane. Um, the creative, like the creative community that I found. Um, I feel like I've just been waiting my whole life 
to have a community of people, a community of like like-minded people, you know, the friends that you always mm. hope that you'd have, like in high school, the yeah. friends that you imagine that you'll grow up and have. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> I've been waiting for my whole life to have my dream community. And mm. since I moved up here, I feel like I've found that. Oh, you know, which that's is wonderful. Yeah. I, yeah, I've always done everything on my own creatively and a little bit otherwise. I feel like um, the one place that I'm not optimistic is that it's been like a pattern in my life to be let down by people or situations. Mm. That really makes it hard to want to rely on people for yeah. things. Um, and I feel like I'm at a place in my life where I've, I actually have friends and... I mean, that sounded very sad. I always had friends, but like, I feel like I'm at a place in yes, my life. Yes, of course you do. Oh, friends. Yes. Um, I feel like I'm at a place in my life now where I, I have, that was like an inopportune place for a pause, where I have <laughs> friends and colleagues and community that is like yeah. on my level, mm. you know? Yeah. And that I'm super grateful for that. And that includes you. So thanks. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, no, thank you. It's been great. And one... Actually, I'll end up with one confession yes. before we finish. When oh, my I'll... God, case file. It's happening. <laughs> oh, my God, it's Deathbed Confessions! <gasps> Do you remember when I came in? I was like, I'm listening yeah. to this podcast called Deathbed Confessions. It's where people confess when they're dying, and you were like, that is oh, what that means. Yeah. It's happening now. No, well, okay. this is... No, this is not nothing too exciting. Okay. I initially <laughs> thought your surname was actually Lisa DeAndreas. Oh my god, and I was a lot like, of that's people the do. fucking coolest surname. How did you get that? I was like, D'Angelis? Oh, I feel Jim. <laughs> no, I so didn't feel Jim. But I was like, man, that'd be such a cool surname. D'Angelis? Yeah. I yeah. know. It was actually um, Scotty, the, the producer who did my first EP, mm. the one that never got to be released, um, and who also was the producer that I started working with in Newcastle. And oh, then yeah. the borders closed and it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, he is a very dear friend of mine. Um... And he always is like one of those like really quick-witted people who like puns things all yeah. the time. And when we were recording that first EP, I rem- I can't remember how it came up, but that was something that he, you know, I did something like dangerous yeah. in like a not fun kind of way. Yeah. And that's what he called me. And then we were both like, what? Is that, that the album name? It is, isn't it? It's Lisa Dangerous. <laughs> no, just Dangerous. The album name. Dangerous. Do you know what? Paul keeps pressuring. Paul loves a pun, and he keeps hassling me to make a mailing list called the Deangelist. <laughs> and I think <laughs> yes, I would sign to... up. I would sign up. <laughs> I was I like, okay. Up. I mean, I'll think about it. But he keeps bringing it up. But I yeah. think do it. Just do it's it. a good name. It's great. Deangelist. Also, for anyone listening, um. Jordan, I think whenever I've heard you say my name, you say it correctly anyway, but it's Lisa DeAngelis. People always ask me, like, what, where the, the, like, inflection is, or, like, I get DeAngelis all the time. DeAngelis? Yeah, like, 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 Pamela. wrong, yes, Pamela. <laughs> yes. It's, like, just the slightly wrong emphasis. Yeah. So, and I get, I get that stuff a lot, um, but, yeah, DeAngelis. So thank you, Jordan Merrick, for always having said it correctly. And, and here's my opportunity to set the record straight. It's not dangerous. I wish it was, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like that's the best way to wrap it up. That that's like oh, you really? we've gone through this full journey. 
Your surname's not actually dangerous. dangerous. All right. We've got that. That's the reason for this episode. And uh, Cut everything else out. Yeah, you scrap- coming- no, no, that's no. We've got to let them build into say, the... scrap the last two hours. Yeah, it's, like a long, it's like a Tarantino film. We've, <gasps> it's been this big journey. We've just flipped it on yes. its head. So what a great way to end. Oh, lovely. That is the mark of a consummate podcast host, my friend. <laughs> well done. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Oh, thank you so much for so having much for me. Thanks for coming on. Literally any time. I'm so glad that we got to do this, so thank you so much.